Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. This week I will be reviewing episode 6 of Hulu's 11-22-63. But before I get any further, for everyone that is tuning in for the first time, I just want to say hello and welcome to the Stephen King cast. Uh, so if you are tuning in for the first time, Please note that the original idea for this podcast was to review each of Stephen King's works in the chronological order of publication. And then earlier this year, I achieved that goal. So over the last uh, few weeks, I've been, or actually it's, it's more than that now, but over the last couple months, I've been kind of just tinkering with the format of this show uh, because I've run out of books to review so I've done some top 10 lists. I have been reviewing each episode of Hulu's 11.22.63 as it goes along um, week in and week out. But if you are tuning in right now, you have not listened to anything, um, feel free to just dive back right into the beginning with Carrie and just start the, the journey from there. Uh, because that's, if I was in someone else's shoes and I discovered this, po this podcast, um, this is the advice that I would give myself. For long-time listeners, um, welcome back. Uh, thank you for coming back each and every week. And uh, so, like I said, what I'll be doing uh, this 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 episode, I will be reviewing the latest episode of 112263. But first, um, I would like to shamelessly plug some work that I have done. Um, and if you've been listening over the last couple of weeks, you know I've been I've been kind of talking this up. Um, so. Here's a podcast that is dedicated to the, the works of Stephen King, and if you have enjoyed listening to my my thoughts and, and musings on, on the horror genre, then, uh, you know, I mean, take a chance uh, at, 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 at uh, reading my own uh, horror work that, that, I've, that I've had published in, in four different uh, publications, three of which are available right now. So you can put down this podcast and pick up um, at least three of the short stories that I have, I have seen published. Uh, the first of which uh, you can find in Dark Moon Digest, issue number 22. Uh, and this was edited by Lori Michelle and Max Booth III. You can find it on Amazon. You can get it two ways. You can either have a physical copy sent to your abode or you can download it onto your, your device uh, just like that. Uh, my, my copy came in the mail not too long ago. It's a really good-looking uh, collection of horror stories. Um, my short story is entitled Room 207, and I think that as fans of Stephen King, this is something that you would enjoy. It is uh, basically a story of what happens when a husband takes a road trip uh, to surprise his wife and he stops in at a hotel or a motel um, and then and what happens from there. But I, I think that you guys will, will enjoy that. So Dark Moon Digest issue number 22 with the short story, Room 207. You can get it through Amazon. You can also pick up uh, Nine Tales Told in the Dark with a click of a button. Just click on it and uh, this particular magazine, uh, issue number nine, issue number nine of Nine Tales Told in the Dark. It includes my short story, This World Will Eat You All the Way Up. Um, and this particular short story is all about uh, these two friends on a cross-country trip and all about uh, something that is unspoken between the two of them. And it's all about subtext and, and the, the iceberg uh, method of, of storytelling, what happens when the unspoken 
uh, finally boils over and, and what happens there. Also, we have Wax and Wayne, A Gathering of Witch Tales, edited by David T. Neal from Nose Touch Press. Uh, my short story included in this anthology, All About Wishes, Witches, is entitled Hopscotch. And this was a fun, a fun, fun story to write. And it's all about uh, two cultures clashing, youth culture and um, an older, more deadlier culture. And it, uh, it, it has a fair amount of humor um and uh, just a good witchery uh, at work so those are the three that are available now later this august you can pick up my short story forget me not in the the pages of trysts of fate edited by leanne story but i'll keep you all updated excuse me i'll keep you all updated on that as we head uh, closer, but I would appreciate it, guys, if if you have supported the Stephen King cast and, and you like my thoughts, then head on over and, and just head to Amazon and type in Dark Moon Digest or Wax and Wayne or Nine Tales Told in the Dark and uh, just any support you could throw. It's not just my way, but the the way of the all the publishers that um, are, are trying to get the, the, the next up-and-coming writers out there. Uh, I think that, that it would it would really, really benefit them. So if you're a fan of the genre, then head on over there and support. Okay, um, up next what I want to do, I want to just thank everyone that has written uh, to um, reviews of, of the, the, the Stephen King cast on iTunes. So, I mean, iTunes... Without the iTunes reviews and the ratings, the, the Stephen King cast wouldn't be as legitimate as it is. And I'm very grateful to say that the, the Stephen King cast is the highest rated Stephen King podcast out there, um, which is awesome. It's awesome. So that And that is that is because of all of you. So I just want to read some, some listener reviews on iTunes. And actually, while I have you guys... If anyone is listening and you're listening overseas, can you do me a favor and just take some uh, screenshots of the iTunes reviews from whatever country that you're in and then send them to StephenKingCast at Yahoo.com because there's no way for me to view the ratings on iTunes in other countries. I can only see the ratings um, the, the, the state's uh, ratings. I can't see anything from any of the other countries. So I would just be interested to see what other people are saying in the other countries. So if you could just do that for me, send to stephenkingcast at yahoo.com, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So um, we have Painter Palooza who writes, Take your medicine. I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I'm a lifetime, I'm a longtime fan of King, and it's very interesting how many of the hosts' reading experiences mirror my own. I look forward to each episode and particularly enjoy the connections to the Dark Tower series that are explored for each story. So, Penerpalooza, thank you for writing in. Up next, we have Great Show by Rye Guy. And Rye Guy writes, I've always been a fan of Stephen King movies. I've never really gotten into his books until I got older. It was the first horror movie to scare me as a kid. It wasn't The Clown. It was when Stan killed himself, the music, and just the scene, LOL. But I've listened to a lot of your shows and totally enjoy the shows. Also, listening to your shows has given me an idea for a novel. Um, if I can ever put it all together and publish it, I'll send it... Uh, I'll send it to you for the first copy. Um, so, Rye Guy, thank you for, for writing in. And then we have Mrs. Hillian, who writes, While I don't always agree with what he says, I love listening to his podcasts. Since I have no one to talk about these books with, it's nice to have Stephen King casts to listen to. So, Mrs. Hillian, uh, Hylian, um, thank you for, for writing in and, and leaving this review. 
And then we have um, Jen M276, who writes my favorite podcast. This podcast is fantastic. Constant Reader does an awesome job of reviewing each book in King's collection from character analysis and plot to Stephen Kingisms and Easter eggs. The Stand episodes are my favorite so far, but they're all wonderful. I love that he reviews the movie adaptations and gives us connections to the Dark Tower series. I also love the musical choices for each episode. Two of my favorites, Walking on Sunshine for the Long Walk, and He's Not Heavy, He's My Brother for the Dark Half. The Stephen King cast is a must-listen for all SK fans. So, uh, Gen M276, thank you for writing in. So, guys, if you have a few minutes on your hands... Um, and you're kind of twiddling your thumbs, then if you just head on over to iTunes and just write a review, it will, it will go a long way, like I said, legitimizing the, the Stephen King cast. Um, so if you, if you haven't done so, um, that would be fantastic. Okay, guys, now we have some listener email. As you know, I love getting listener email, and um, I, I love interacting with all of you, and I think that's important to be able to get your, your Stephen King stories out there, how you got into Stephen King, what Stephen King means to you, what your thoughts are on the books and the movies and short stories, and whether you agree or, or disagree. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm so tired. But uh, if you... Uh, I just think it's important for you to be able to share your opinions so I, in turn, can share them with the rest of the world. So Andrea writes, Hey, Constant Reader. It's been a while since I last wrote in. I just wanted to touch base and let you know I think you're doing such a great job. It sounds like you've really come into your own. I love the addition of the Easter egg segment. I got a copy of Stanley Weirder's The Complete Stephen King Universe, which I like to refer to, but it's completely outdated at this point. So your segment allows me to pick up on things I may otherwise have missed. I'll admit I have to start pacing myself a bit because as eager as I am to listen, I don't want to run out of my favorite podcast. I see you've gone all the way up to the Bazaar of Bad Dreams and even did Joe Hill's 20th Century Ghosts, which I can't wait to listen to. I read that over the summer and really enjoyed it. My favorites were The Cape and Best New Horror. I think I might pick up Nosferatu next. Do you have any suggestions of other authors worth checking out? So, Andrea, uh, what I would strongly recommend... And I've pointed other people in this direction. I know that I've talked about this on the podcast before, but Jonathan Maberry's Pine Deep trilogy is a fantastic read. It feels like Stephen King, it, and but it, it's not Stephen King. And, and you know, in in other podcasts, I have discussed the fact that Stephen King never really has written that that end all be all Halloween story. And if you want to kind of get a sense of what Stephen King would do. Uh, writing about Halloween, then I would definitely pick up the Pine Deep Trilogy by Jonathan Maberry. It is awesome, guys. It is such a good read. It, I, I, I mean, it has everything that you would want out of a Halloween story. Like, it, and it's just fun. It's just fun. It's just, it's just a fun love letter to to that particular season, and it involves the the as ridiculous as it is, um, it involves a a black belt, um main like main character who is your your classic kind of Stephen King you know comedian wise ass kind of guy who runs the um this tourist attraction Halloween town so this is like like people like all these people come flooding into this this town in Pennsylvania every year because it's such a huge Halloween attraction it's got like this giant corn maze um and it just really celebrates the the season and um so he's like this black belt and there's a great love story with him and I'm not selling this very, very well. Um, 
but there's a mystery in this town and and it happened like 30 years before or, or, or I think less, I think less than that, but let's just say 30 years. It happened 30 years before. There's supernatural stuff at work. There's a ghost involved. There's a vampire. There's, I believe there's, yeah, there's like werewolves. There's zombies. Uh, there's the mafia. Um, it is insane. There's Tom Savini uh, and it, it's just great. I mean, there, there's a full moon during the course of the month of October. Like I believe there's Friday the 13th um, and then there's, there's also Halloween. So it's just, it's just fun guys. It's three books of just the, of just great imagery, um, capturing this particular season. Um, it's everything that you want. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to something called the Stephen King cast, the Pine Deep trilogy, which consists of, um, three, three books, um, Ghost Road Blues, Dead Man's Song, and Bad Moon Rising, you're not going to be disappointed. I'm telling you right now, you are not going to be disappointed. I, I, I imagine that if you read these books once, you're going to want to read them once every year, uh, once once it starts to get crisp in the air as you head towards Halloween. So make sure that you check out those books because they are fantastic. They're fantastic. So that if so, Andrea, I mean, you've, you've mentioned um, Joe Hill. So if you haven't, if you've read Joe Hill and you, you want to read something else, then definitely check out Jonathan Madbury. Also, Justin Cronin's uh, vampire books, um, the the Passage and the Twelve, and I believe the the latest one has just come out, um, which I can't wait to read. I don't know if it has come out or not, but I assume that it we're we're in, we're, we're approaching the end. So those those are definitely some fun books that you should check out as well. Um, and then Andrea continues, it has been really interesting listening to your reviews, especially when I don't agree, because it allows me to see a new perspective. It's especially fun to hear you come to a new conclusion in the moment as you're recording. I'm specifically thinking of your epiphany during the Eyes of the Dragon bonus episode. Eyes of the Dragon is my favorite King work, hands down for many reasons, the most important being that after I finished, I knew I was going to be a lifelong constant reader. You read a listener email recently that touched on this a little, from Spencer, I believe. He said he was working his way through the King catalog just after his daughter was born, and those joyous moments of being a new father would be forever tied to the rediscovery of a favorite author. Sometimes I think sometimes I think what we think of as our favorite as our favorites, whether it's a song, movie, or a novel, may not necessarily be based on the content, but by fond memories of what was going on in our lives at the time of discovery. Eyes of the Dragon also has one of my favorite King quotes ever. And, and Andrea includes it here, uh, people's minds, particularly the minds of children, are like wells, deep wells, full of sweet water. And sometimes, when a particular thought is too unpleasant to bear, the person who has that thought will lock it in a heavy box and throw it into that well. He listens for the splash, and then the box is gone. Except it is not, of course. Not really. Flag, being very old and very wise, as well as very wicked, knew that even the deepest well has a bottom. And just because a thing is out of sight doesn't mean it is gone. It is still there, resting at the bottom. And he knew that the caskets those evil, frightening ideas are buried in may rot, and the nastiness inside may leak out after a while and poison the water. And when the well of the mind is badly poisoned, we call the result insanity. That's a great quote. Anyway, I really wanted to write in because I recently listened to your episode on Lisey's story and wanted to give my thoughts. 
This is another one of my favorites. With Lisi being the wife of an author, it gives us as the reader a different perspective on the writer as protagonist we've become so accustomed to with King. The novel is horrifying, but I think that you nailed it when you said this story is less about horror and more about Lisi moving on with her life after the loss of a loved one and the strength and importance of a family. The fact that this is something that could actually happen in our lives is scarier than any ghost or monster could ever be. I think that we have all had a love like that, a love so strong and deep that just the mere thought of losing it is painful. Change is scary by itself. People fear the unknown. Losing someone so close after so long, what bigger change is there? He captures the inside language of relationships. I will absolutely agree that some of the terms used are a bit cheesy. Baby love, bool, booyah moon. I think that everything that happened to Lisi happened for a reason. Her relationship with Scott is what allowed her to save her sister. The imagery is also hauntingly beautiful. On another one of your recent podcasts, you talked a little bit about the Blair Witch Project and It Follows. I thought Blair Witch was awesome. I actually live in Maryland, so Burkittsville is not that far, which made it especially terrifying. It was the birth of the found footage genre as we know it today. You may already know this, but a year or so before it was released in theaters, the filmmakers put up missing flyers around their college campus. Talk about selling a movie. I also really enjoyed It Follows. I will admit I didn't like it at first, but after thinking about it a little more, I realized why. With torture porn franchises like Hostel and Saw, we've gotten so used to seeing everything that when a movie comes along that ratchets up the tension and makes our imagination do some work, we automatically think it's a bad movie. Anyway, apologies for a long and rambling letter. Please keep up the good work. I enjoy listening. Andrea. P.S. I love when your furry co-hosts make an appearance. They crack me up every time. Andrea, thank you for writing in. And I, I think that you really nail it when you talk about that that intersection between life and fiction as we, as we read something. So, Andrea, uh, thank you for writing in. And up next, we have Lauren, who writes, Hello, I just discovered your podcast and have been listening for a couple of days. I'm a huge King fan and have been since childhood. And I'm so excited to listen to your thoughts and explanations of his books and movies. I wish I could remember which book I read first. I think it was Christine, but I'm not sure. My mom read King, and I remember being drawn to the paperback cover art. She had most of his books, and I also spent a summer reading everything on her shelf. I do remember that for some reason I was forbidden to read The Talisman, though I can't recall its subject matter being any more unsuitable for a young teen than the Bachman books or Needful Things or It. I got, and continue to get, chills at the end of the Dark Tower when Roland sees what lies on the top. I have a BA degree in English and read On Writing as a supplement to one of my classes. There are so many levels to Stephen King's writing, especially when viewed through the lens of every book relating to the Dark Tower. I also enjoyed turns of phrase that tend to pop up time and time again as books such as Falling Ass Over Teapot and the mainisms of his characters. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more of the podcast. I feel like I could prattle on for a while, but I'll spare you that. Best, Lauren. Lauren, uh, do not hesitate to prattle on. Um, I, 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 I just I think that's important for you to be able to, to write in. And up next, we have Tommy, who writes, Greetings, Stephen King cast. TJ, Tommy here with another long-winded email. I am concerned with the Dark Tower movie. I love the books, but the biggest problem of the books is plot holes and narrative. I like your idea of skipping the majority of the gunslinger, retaining its bare bones, and jumping right into the drawing of the three. I say this because the initial comics from Gunslinger Born were good, yet most of the time boring. It's picked up since the Wizard and Glass backstories, the Little Sisters adaptation, and the first round of Drawing of the Three comics. I find myself more into the comics now than when they first came out. Um, 
So here are my top 10 Stephen King novels of all time, or at least for the next five years. Uh, so number 10 is Carrie, number 9 is Misery, number 8 is The Dead Zone, number 7, The Shining, number 6, Under the Dome, number 5, Cujo, number 4, Pet Cemetery. number 3, Needful Things, number 2, 11-22-63, and number 1, The Stand, Complete and Uncut. With honorable mentions, Christine and It. Keep up the great work. I love the podcast, and so glad you are transitioning from the books to the 11:22 series and movie news. Tommy. So, Tommy, um, thank thank you for, for writing in. Uh, yeah, the, the Gunslinger Born comic books, I, I think that as... When you look at each panel, um, I, I, I like what Jay Lee is able to do with the panels. I think that he, 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 he crafts very gorgeous images um but i'm i'm very underwhelmed at at the series and i stopped reading it because it just felt like cliff notes version of a story that i've already read um i have picked up a, uh, an issue or two of the the eddie story the prisoner i believe it's called and it's not something that we've seen before and it's eddie as a kid and the background you have the crimson king you know, I think trying to get to Eddie. So you see the low men, and it that to me that spoke to me. That was a little bit more interesting, um, rather than just kind of a, a direct, just face value retelling of, of of the story that that we all know. Okay, um, so if you haven't done so already, feel free to write in at the Stephen King Cast at yahoo.com. So right now, I'm sorry, write in at the Stephen King Cast by writing in to stephenkingcast at yahoo.com and share all your thoughts on Stephen King and what you like, what you don't like. I've uh, had some interesting emails um, come up very, very recently in regards to one of the episodes that I released a little while ago. Um, someone had written in about if you could create a cotet, what would that cotet look like? Who would be in it? If you could create a team of psychics, what what psychics would you choose? So very interesting um, possibility out there. So I've had some people write in, you know, who would they assemble? Uh, and I've really enjoyed getting people's responses. So make sure that you, uh, you know, if, if you have some thoughts and you want to share, um, write into Stephen King cast at yahoo.com. So uh, what's up next? I'm going to just go through 112263, episode six. Uh, and we are, we're nearing the end guys. So, I mean, we know that we're getting to the end because the screen right away tells us that we're approaching the end. Um, we have, it's six months later from the previous episode, um, and now we're in October of 1963. With the end date in sight, we catch up with Oswald, who is being tracked by the feds, specifically a character by the name of Agent Hosey, who makes his presence known to him on the particular day that Oswald gets the job at the book depository. We then learn that Marina has left Oswald, and in order to win her over, he gives her a forceful command for her to come back to him. It's a really good character moment because it's interesting to me. Um, in this interaction, it just appears as though there's something missing within him. Because when she asks him, do you love me? His answer is not yes. His answer is, we're married. As if the two were related. And he says it with such surprise that it shows us how disconnected he is from the rest of the world. So I just really liked that moment. 
So then we get the credits. After the credits, we check back in on Jake and Bill. Not much happens. They talk about the theoreticals regarding Oswald and the upcoming assassination. Jake comes home to Sadie, who is spending time with Deke. We learn that Sadie needs money for surgery for the scar inflicted from last episode. And uh, the two of them, Jake and Sadie, discuss the future. Now, remember that in the previous episode, it ended with Sadie learning that Jake is a time traveler. Then back at school, Jake and Miss Mimi have a conversation in which she tells him that she has cancer. His reaction prompts her to say, Mr. Amberson, you are not crying, I hope. And thankfully for Miss Mimi, James Franco is not crying. The character is supposed to be, but the actor is not. And the result is, and I shit you not, guys, the showrunner or director decides to assist Franco by giving him a CGI tear. Um, I don't know if other people caught that, but I rewound it, and it to me it is it is very very obvious. It's very very blatant, and it's not helping out all the arguments that I made against James Franco in the in the previous episode. So then Mimi gives Jake some advice about taking the opportunity to be with Sadie. And this is followed with Jake doing some gambling in the hopes of raising enough cash to help out Sadie with her surgery. Then, in a major deviation from the book, we learn that Bill has uh, integrated himself so deeply into the life of the Oswalds that he's there for Lee's birthday. And yikes, as Jake tries to pull... Uh, Bill out of there. Bill knocks over a lamp that causes Lee to discover the bug that Jake and Bill were using. This sets Lee off in a rage, clearly. And a rage, perhaps, directed at the president himself for personifying the country that bugged him. There's an insinuation here that in their attempts to stop Kennedy's assassination, Jake and Bill actually cause it. In fact, I'll get to that in a little bit, where uh, there's a scene later on where Jake is so concerned about Bill's growing friendship with Lee that, that he is concerned that Bill is the fabled second shooter, which is a very, very interesting twist and one that was not in the books because the Bill character wasn't really in the book. So this is what I like about watching this character grow that didn't exist as he did in, in the book. And I like this natural you know, wild card that he is in, in this adaptation. Um, so speaking of Bill, the, the party is immediately followed by Jake discovering that Bill is in love with Marina, catching them making out. Now, their friendship and their partnership completely implodes in this scene, where Bill chooses Lee and Marina over Jake and the mission to stop the assassination. Now, I'm very, very involved at this point, and I want to know exactly what happens with Bill and if he's going to play a larger role. Sadie and Jake head to the hospital with Deke, and it's here in the hospital where Jake gets a glimpse of the yellow card man, a character not seen since the first episode. His presence tips off Jake that time itself cannot be trusted and that it will most likely attempt to kill Sadie, who's about to go under with general anesthesia. And he's right. It's a great reminder of the danger of time, capital T, as a character in the show. And if she had gone under, she would have died. Jake interrogates George to determine whether or not Oswald will act alone and comes to the conclusion that the assassination was uh, the result of just Oswald. And in order to make sure that Bill stays out of the picture completely, 
Jake gets him committed, which is a safe solution, because anything that Bill says about time travel will only make him sound crazier. Jake is then set upon the bookies and beaten brutally. And then just as in the book, he the, the injuries result with brain trauma. And I believe in the book that I mentioned how it was a tensionless conflict here because we know that there will be a conflict at the end with Jake and Oswald. So pretending otherwise is kind of a waste of time. It's kind of spinning wheels uh, and with two episodes to go after this, I don't think that we have time for wheel spinning, especially when we missed out on a lot of characterization uh, in the life of Jody and being able to see Jake as the man of the town. Um, I don't mean a partier. I mean like uh, an influential figure in this particular town. Uh, so the fact that the life in Jody, we, we didn't spend a lot of time there. Um, I, I feel like this is a, a plot point that easily could have been cut and given uh, and that time given over to Jody. But that that's just me. So all in all, guys, I did not really find, I thought this was a bleh episode. I didn't think that much happened within it. Um, I, I felt very disengaged from it, um, and I think that any momentum that the show started with is is rapidly, rapidly dying. I, I don't think that we're going to sprint to the finish line. I think that at this point we are um, we're, we're stumbling pretty badly right now, and I, I think that it will be a a slow crawl to the book depository. Um, so let's see. We'll we'll see. What happens? We have two more episodes, uh, and I uh, let's see. I'm recording this. It is now Saturday, and uh, we have our next episode on Monday. So hopefully, sometime next week, I'll, I'll have some time on my hands where I'll be able to record the the next episode and get it out your way. In the meantime, if you are like I said, tuning in for the first time, you have over well over a hundred something episodes to to peruse in in the all of the reviews and analyses and bonus episodes that I have been able to put out in the in the Stephen King cast. So, um, so you know, enjoy enjoy that. And everyone else, uh, I will see you here next time. Well, may you have long days and pleasant nights, guys. May you have long days and pleasant nights, and I will see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King cast.